Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I think I was mentioning I had a therapy session coming up and I was like, I'm just, I'm exhausted. Cause I, I mentioned to you that my therapist, when I was on screen with her, she was like, you just look tired. Mm. And you were like, it's okay to, to, to kind of slow down the yeah. work and kind of transition. Welcome back to Open Late Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari. And today I have with me Roberto Magnifico. That is what we affectionately refer to Robbie, who holds down Main House and who is one of the main people responsible for launching this podcast. She's very kind, but it was all her. All I did was poke her a little bit and push her along the way. You did. I mean, but truly it wouldn't have... I feel like, yeah, when you started here, I told you I had this idea and you just like kept asking me, what's going on with this podcast? You keep saying you're going to start a podcast and you started in April, right? We are like two year anniversary. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is your two year anniversary yeah. of Tomorrow. working with us. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Happy anniversary. Yeah. This is of. your gift. This is my gift. <laughs> I love this gift. This is beautiful. Well, come on the podcast and divulge yes. your deepest, darkest secrets. Happy anniversary. <laughs> I love it. I'm happy to be here. This is, uh, like I told you, I was a little nervous, but a little excited at the same time. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Yes. You've been through, you've been on a journey the last two years, really, since you started here. I feel like so much in your life has changed. So much of the direction that you were moving has also shifted and accelerated, both in your you know, career life, working with Pasha, and but also your love life and just like your emotional intelligence, like you you did the leadership course, like you've been on a accelerated journey. <laughs> yeah. My therapist calls it my hero's journey. Your hero's it's journey. My hero's journey. Yes. Yeah, you're in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been really putting myself through it. Life has put me through it, but in the best ways possible. I've learned so much about myself and the world and it's just it's been hard but beautiful. Okay. Hard but beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's like life. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful struggle. Yeah. The beautiful, the beautiful, the struggle. beautiful struggle. We must suffer. <laughs> okay. So for people who don't know who you are, sure. why don't you share just a little bit? Where do I begin? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 37 years old, mm-hmm. born and raised in Los Angeles. So rare. Very rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not one of a kind, but yeah, I'm, I'm rare. You're one um, of a kind. One of a kind. Oh, mm-hmm. that's sweet of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, about me, I don't know. I'm, I'm a guy that uh, wants the most out of life, just wants to be happy, um, constantly working on myself. Um, a work in progress, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and a person who just wants to wants the best for everybody. I don't really know what other way to put it. That describes you perfectly. <laughs> so you really do want the best for everybody. I really do. Yeah, I'm, I'm such a giver. And I love giving to everybody. And that's something I'm really working on this year is learning how to receive. Because mm-hmm. I'm always giving, giving, giving. Um, but yeah, you know. Wow. I just had this inspiration that if you were 
in the market to look for love, which you're not. And we're going to talk <laughs> about today that this would be a great way to get you dates. Put myself out there. Like <laughs> Have this? you on the show? This is actually, you know, it's talk about all of your amazing idea. qualities. Yeah. Okay, we're going to open up a hotline for Robbie. <laughs> if you are interested in dating, he will be available for that in about three to six months. It's not yes. happening right now, though. And we're going to kind of go into why. Yeah. I I thought that this would be a really great interview. Not only because we've started introducing more intimate people in my life, people that I spend a lot of time with, that I care for, that are important to me. You're one of them, obviously. You're in our home five, sometimes more days a week. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we're like a an amazing team, kind of like work hard, play hard. And so I want people to know those people in my life. So that's one of the reasons you're here. But you've also been on this journey of self-discovery and loving yourself as as a man. As like a millennial man, I've watched you really take on yourself in a way that I don't see a lot of men do. And to choose in this moment to not be looking for a relationship, which is sort of the mononormative way that most people in our culture operate. It's like, oh, I have to find the person to be with and then settle down and mm. do the thing, right? The relationship escalator. So you're like actively choosing this time to focus on you. And I think it's such an interesting topic because I have a ton of male listeners who maybe haven't done the self-work yet or don't really know how to start or, or really haven't scratched the surface. And so what inspired this season of your life? What inspired or caused it? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're one and the same, yeah. no? Well, we um, can look at it one of two yeah, ways. Yeah. Um, well, really, I mean, as you were uh, in the kind of front row watching, I went through a pretty rough breakup mm -hmm. over uh, a little over six months ago. And um, it really caused me to look inward and to realize a lot of things that I hadn't worked on that I really needed to dive into. Um, and I mean, obviously being in this environment in your home and, and working with you, I've done that for, since I started working with, working with you guys, I've been mm. surrounded by people constantly working on themselves, rediscovering themselves and learning and growing. Um, and, um, going through that breakup really made me look inward and realize that I had a lot of inner child work that I had to work on. Mm. That I had no idea issues with my father, issues with my mother, and which was leading to issues in my every relationship in my life. Um, I had a very anxious attachment style, which I didn't know prior going into this work. And I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah. And completely learning like, oh, wow, that totally describes me. I'm so anxiously attached to people and I'm constantly trying to control everything, which is not a healthy way mm. of being at all. Yeah, where do you think it came from? Uh, it certainly came from my upbringing, um, living in a, in a home where love was only received if I was doing something to receive. I never knew if love was coming or going. Mm. Um, it was only given when I was, um, you know, that's why I learned how to cook, was because when I cooked meals is when I got love. And then that's why I learned how to build things. So that I, when I built something, my dad would be like, oh, good job, I love you. That's when I received love. So I learned at a very young age, you're only, I guess, qualified of receiving love if you're doing something to get it. Mm. It wasn't unconditional. Yeah. So and you had to perform or to provide 
in order to be loved. Yeah. Or that's how you saw it. Yeah. 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 That's that's how I saw it. And, and on the back end of that, I was also, whenever I did receive something, it was always really thrown in my face. Mm. Like, oh, I gave you this. Oh, I gave you that. From and your so, parents. Yeah, from my parents. And um, so at a very young age, I learned that receiving was like this, like, bad thing. Mm. Like, it was like not like, it was not okay to receive or like I wasn't, I wasn't worthy of receiving if you will. Yeah. So at a very young age, I learned that I had to work for love and that when I received love, I wasn't necessarily deserving of it. Mm. So, which obviously there's yeah ton to unpack there. So much to <laughs> unpack there. And, and that's around the time that you went into therapy. So funny thing is, um, before the breakup, um, I actually went into therapy because I was noticing triggers and I knew that they were unhealthy. Um, simple things like I would like open a drawer of hers and I would see like condoms and then like the next time I was there I'd see the condoms being moved mm. and I'd be super anxious about was there another guy here mm. like is something, she, something she's not telling me and so I noticed these things so that's why I initially went to therapy uh, thankfully once the breakup did happen I was already kind of going through the inner child work but it really um, the breakup was really just the straw that broke the camel's back Yeah, and really showed me a lot of the stuff that I needed to work through uh, before I could even get to the like masculinity stuff and working on myself as a man, I had to heal myself as a child. Mm. I couldn't even get to that level yet. Yeah. Um, Is that the kind of stuff you're still working on in therapy currently? So no, actually I've done, we've pretty much closed that chapter, not closed that chapter, but we pretty much decided that like, okay, you've done all this work mm-hmm. and you kind of really, cause we went through I mean, I did it all. I was doing breath work every morning. Oh, I remember you did breath work for 30 days straight or even more than that. It was, yeah. And I would do it for like 45 minutes every morning and just end up in tears. Shout out to um, Mudwater, man, who was the facilitator. uh, What's his name? Chris that did that video. It was his video and Ryan Kennedy's video. Oh, yeah. And Ryan Kennedy as well. Um, But yeah, I mean. Breathwork. If you guys aren't doing it out there, you need to be doing it because it's just like, it's like literally, it's like months of therapy and like one, because your body just holds so much. The body, mm. as uh, Dr. Nick says, yes. uh, or Jesus, he says, the body keeps the score. <laughs> the body keeps the score. Absolutely. So uh, There's an incredible book called The Body Keeps the Score. I also. I read that book. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, yeah, we could totally go down the rabbit hole of trauma, yeah. but you're absolutely right. The Our bodies truly store anything that happens to you that is traumatic or that is unsettling especially as a child because you don't really have the proper tools to deal with it or you've been taught that you can't express emotion that way whether it's shaming or getting in trouble for having like outbursts you know you see a toddler crying and you know someone yells at them like you can't do that so you don't feel like it's safe to express anger or sadness whatever it is so naturally what we do is because we don't want to get ostracized from the people Mm -hmm. who love us that we need for survival we tense up and we hold all that emotion in and so you know of course then you years and years of tensing and contracting it builds up and becomes the physical and breath work can really like yeah just move things that have been physical for a long time like it starts to shake up what's inside the body and like let it all breathe and move same thing with sound and yeah no and i would thank you for you know giving me that gift of doing the breath work because it like started me on that path and then you even pushed me to see dr nick 
Yes. Which I don't know if I ever told Acupuncture. you. Acupuncture. We call him Jesus. He truly saves. He saves. <laughs> he saves. <laughs> None of us are religious. Yeah. He is our Jesus. Yes, he is our Jesus. I hope I he listens to this show. Yes, I would be his disciple for mm-hmm. sure. So um, he told you. Well, no, what I was going to say is when he first saw me, he like, you know, because he reads body language. Mm-hmm. He came in, he was like five minutes into meeting. He's like, I'm surprised you're not bawling your eyes out right now. There's so much energy yeah. pent up inside you. And at the end of our session, I think I cried for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Bawling, weeping Great. my eyes out. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> it was a dark time. Yeah. It was a dark time. It was It was an actual dark time for you. And like there were points and moments where, you know, we started to get a little bit worried because... I was worried. Yeah. I mean, you were, you know, teetering with like depression tendencies, mm-hmm. right? If I could like speak so Please. frankly and... You know, I think your the breakup was the straw, right? Mm-hmm. That that broke everything down and kind of shattered your idea of like yourself yeah. in a big way. And then you started doing all of this work and on an accelerated program. Because <laughs> really that's did. how we do it here. Um, but I think there's something really valuable that you learned, like at the edge of maybe all of this work. I remember there being a moment where I don't know if I said it to you or we were talking about like, you know, it's okay to take a break. Yeah, no, that was, it, it was you telling me because I think I was, I was, I think I was mentioning I had a therapy session coming up and I was like, I'm just, I'm exhausted. Cause I, I mentioned to you that my therapist, when I was on screen with her, she was like, you just look tired. Mm. And you were like, it's okay to, to, kind of slow down the yeah. work and kind of transition, you know, or what do you call it? It was a word you always use. Um, I forget what it is, but in any case. Um, Shift or? Integrate. Mm, integrate, yes. Integrate. Yes. Yes, integrate all the lessons that I've been learning and kind of pull back on the, mm-hmm. and I think after. The excavating. Yeah, Like yeah. we can, so the excavating is exhausting. Man. Oh my God, it was so exhausting. Um, but yeah, it was, and I'd learned so much and it was time to start applying this. Because I think at that time I went from going to therapy every week to every other week mm-hmm. and it truly did help Yeah. to kind of like, okay, I need to stop realizing all these things I need to fix and maybe just focus on the ones that I realize and kind of just lean into those things. Yeah. There's a beautiful thing that I learned from my coach and kind of somatic work, body worker, Irene, who wrote the polyamory paradox and I worked with her for the entire last year. We took a break in December because I was traveling and I'm about to travel more. But she talks about the window of tolerance, which is where you stay in the window of just enough stress that you're kind of pushing the edges of mm-hmm. your comfort zone. But you don't go outside so much that you're re-traumatizing yourself. And I think that what you learned in that moment of like, okay, maybe it's time to like press pause because there's only so much that the body can also relearn in that Mm -hmm. moment or integrate in that moment. The brain needs time. The same way that like as people, we can be active or resting and we actually need both. And the rest is just as valuable Mm -hmm. because it's the integration. Like it's like the Shavasana at the end of yoga class. Like without that moment of stillness, the whole hour long session or whatever you did mm-hmm. actually does not affect you as much and doesn't help your body heal as well as it could 
without the integration, without the Shavasana. So I feel like that's what you found and what yeah. you learned. And, you know, it's not like you, you said, like, kind of close that chapter. Of course, there's always going to be more work yeah. because you evolve and you sort of become this new version of mm-hmm. yourself. And like a year from now, you might encounter your inner child in yeah. a completely new way. Yes. And so you could always go back. But like, it's a nice dance to learn. It is. It's something that I never really had done prior to that. And healing out a lot of these wounds um, was just amazing for me. I come out the other end of it just feeling like, I'm so happy I went through it. Mm. While I was going through it, it was absolutely miserable. Yeah. (laughs) It was very dark around me. Um, But I'm so happy that it happened. I'm so happy that I had to go through that struggle and go through that because I wasn't approaching relationships right. Mm. I wasn't. I thought I knew. I thought I was a secure, confident, masculine, you know, healthy masculine man, but I wasn't. Mm. I thought I was. I was I was showing up as I had, I had a mask on of that, but underneath it all, there was there was a show going on. I okay. wasn't that confident. I wasn't I wasn't approaching relationships the way that I needed I needed to mm. to really allow myself to be, you know, stepping into my most authentic self and allowing my partner to be their most authentic self. I wasn't showing up the way that I needed to be. Yeah. Okay. Well then let's talk about that because (laughs) we have this book sitting right here and this is something you brought up to me that you have been reading because of Dr. Nick. Jesus. Jesus. Um, And I am a huge, huge fan of this book. Um, David Data, he, he's an author and has been kind of in this field, right, of like divine masculine and energetic, you know, sexuality for a long time. Um, and I was like, let's talk about this. I mean, it's so good. I mean, so obviously, you know, when you're seeing Dr. Nick, it's, it's not just acupuncture. It's Mm -hmm. like a little mini therapy session also. And, um, you know, one of the things that I talked to him about, because growing up, I really didn't have a healthy, uh, a healthy example of what a masculine man looked like mm-hmm. and learned those lessons from. And I think he kind of picked up on that. And he was like, you know, you should really read the, this book, The Way of the Superior Man. I think that it would give you a lot of health, uh, good lessons. And I totally agree. I didn't have a good, you know, example of what masculinity was. And I kind of pieced it together growing up you know, based on what I learned in society or from friends or just my yeah. own assumptions, like just rap music, rap music, just, <laughs> you name it. Just like I kind of made up this idea of what it looked like to be a man. And it was, it was just not right. In what way? I Let's mean, go a little I deeper mean, there. well, for instance, for me, I mean, you know me, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I've always been a nice guy. I've always, we have a lot of, also we have a lot of toxic mas- uh, masculinity examples of that in our culture. So I think I went to the other opposite extreme where I was just like the nice guy. So like when I would show up in a relationship, for instance, it was always whatever you want. Mm. My needs come last. Mm. What do you need? I got you. Let me run off and get that for you. I was right. just the nice guy and I got walked. I've always been the nice guy. Always been told I was a nice guy. And always thought, I was like, well, that's, I'm just being nice. Like right. I'm being, you know, I'm tending to her needs. Mm. I'm tending to what she wants. Also stemming from your pattern of like, let me do, do, do for right. you so I can receive that love. Exactly. Got to prove I'm lovable. Exactly. Not realizing until after I started really reading this book that that was going against everything that I wanted for myself, for her, for us. Um, it's been just completely mind bending for me to like read this and be like oh 
I've been going about this all wrong. Okay, so what what things? Okay, so if, the, if being the nice guy is the don't, yeah, what's the do? So it's uh, and, and that may sound a little like oh, so you need to be like the mean guy, but no, it's not. <laughs> it's not that. It's not about um, being mean. It's about putting yourself first. Mm. About I can't really truly give my gift to my woman or the world unless I'm really standing in my divine masculinity. Mm. And in order to to be standing in that divine masculinity, I need to honor my passions, my desires, my wants, my fears, the things I love, the things I want, the things I want to fight for, the things I want to cry for. I need to honor those things. And if I'm not doing those, I can't love myself. I can't love her. And I can't give my gifts to the world. Wow. And I wasn't doing those things. I was always thinking about everybody else because I thought, that was the best way for my way, best way for me to contribute to the world was to give, give, give. Right. Not realizing that if I give to myself, I can give even greater mm-hmm. to others into the world. Yeah, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Yeah. I mean, I think that this like basic principle would solve a lot that you know that society, some of the broken parts of society, and some mm-hmm. of the parts that really are like shadow shadow parts that need healing. By people turning inward. Obviously, we have systemic problems that make it really challenging. But those more relational problems, those one-to-one or like small community, you know, issues can really be helped by turning inward and loving yourself. Because it sounds to me like you went from, okay, I need to be loved from this external source, whether it be my parents or my girlfriend, and I need to work for that to I cannot even show up for that person or get love from that person that's authentic unless I fully love myself. Yeah. And not only that, um, in addition, it it being okay to have the feelings that I'm having and to feel okay satisfying those things. Like what? Um, I mean, just feeling okay that I'm putting my needs first. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like, I don't know. Um, That's a tough one. Um, for at least my experience so far, because I am dating right mm-hmm. now, casually, you know, as Dr. Nick says, you know, I need to master short-term casual before I'm allowed to move on to long-term committed. Wait, so I love this. <laughs> I want to take a pause here because I think this is brilliant and so many people bounce from relationship to relationship. As I pointed out earlier, that sort of ideal of like, okay, I have to find a person yeah. to be with because that's successful. And then we're going to go and do X, Y, and Z that, you know, makes for like a happy life. And instead, you're literally on an assignment that says you are not allowed to be looking for someone to be with long term. And you are mastering short term casual connections. Yes. Which are valuable. Why? Um, That is a good question that I probably should go into deeper with uh, Dr. Nick. But But for you. um, I mean, for me, what it is, is because I was always looking at relationships. I was looking at relationships way too ahead of time. Mm. So living in the moment. Um, And the reason that this brought up, the reason that this assignment got placed on me, actually, was because it was fourth of, and it wasn't fourth of, it was Super Bowl. We were having a party. And there was this girl there. And she was super cute. She was Mm -hmm. trying to talk to me. 
And I just was like, I don't have the energy for this. I don't want to talk to this girl. Super cute. Like, this is, like, what I look for, right? Like, I'm looking for a friendly, cute girl to, like, come up and talk to me at a party. And she's like... And I'm like, no, I don't have the energy for this. And and it was the week after I saw Dr. Nick. And he was like, I told him about this. And he was like, he's like, it's because you guys are playing two different games. She saw a cute guy at a party she wanted to get to know. You're thinking about marrying this chick. Yeah. You're like, I don't have the energy because I don't have the energy to invest in a lifetime. Yeah. yeah. He was like, what game are you playing right now? Like, he's like, what are you doing? He was like, he's like, no. He's like, you need to go into every situation with just, I want to have fun. Mm -hmm. That's that's, That's all you're allowed to do right now is go into every situation with, I just want to have fun and live in this moment and be happy and be a little selfish because these are all things that I don't really think about. Or that you've never done. Yeah, I've never done. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So so that's how this assignment got placed on me was I told him that story. And he was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Is Why? it... <laughs> Is it challenging now to, because I know you're dating mm-hmm. and I might know a little bit about this, So, but I, I do want you to go into further detail. You're dating and what is it like to date multiple people at once without kind of doing that thing that we do as, you know, especially in, you know, monogamy culture where it's like, oh, I can't date these many people at once, especially if I like one more than the other yeah. and if I'm catching feelings for them that I've got to like break it off you're not really doing that or are you I'm not really doing what exactly? like you're not like okay I have to break it off with these people because I like I like this girl better the way that I'm going about it right now is I'm kind of just this is something that I've never really done is kind of going with the flow and just mm-hmm. going with what feels right uh, I'm not I'm not forcing any of the situations that I'm in I'm being fully transparent with where I'm at if I'm asked the question about whether I'm dating, I'm going to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. I haven't been asked that yet, <laughs> but I, I, I will be if, if, if I'm asked. Um, you know, both of these relationships are at their infancy. Mm-hmm. You know, there was only a few weeks in. Um, but honestly, I'm just, I'm finding, um, <laughs> honestly, I'm finding it very, uh, I would say empowering mm-hmm. to myself right now because I'm going, I'm stepping into these uh, relationships like, fully authentically me and unapologetically me and not like yes I'm thinking about them but like I'm really thinking about me and I've never done that before hmm. what's never, it feel like like I said I, I just empowering and the, and the crazy thing is is the attraction is so much stronger the as as David speaks about it the polarity hmm. between us because I'm stepping so far into my masculine it allows her to really step into her feminine and that's where real passion is tr- is driven from, according to him. And, mm-hmm. and I have been seeing it firsthand. Yeah. When I really show up as like this strong, confident man with direction and I know what I'm doing and I know what I want, like the, the passion that comes from, you know, the, the opposite is just amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. And for people listening, I just want to clarify when we use terms like masculine and feminine or femininity, divine feminine... It doesn't have anything to do with like 
gender or what you were assigned at birth as far as like your biology it has everything to do with energy so we all have masculine and feminine inside of us and we can all play to those different energies like I can embody a lot of my masculine side and I enjoy doing that in different relationships that I'm that I'm in but like when I'm with Pasha for example who is like you know really comfortable in his masculine and has a lot of you know femininity Mm -hmm. to him he's very comfortable playing the feminine but in relationship especially with me or you know with women he is always going to show up masculine and so it provides such a space for me to show up in my feminine because I'm masculine at work and I've been you know more masculine with like Lauren in the past and so we're just talking about that play of energy and I I subscribe to that 100% like Desire and chemistry is really the tension between polarity mm-hmm. and like sameness. I mean, Esther Perel says that you cannot have, you know, this kind of chemistry without the distance, without the polarity, without the, mm-hmm. the mystery. Um, what else are you learning yeah. from this? I book? mean, and just to add to that, he actually makes that distinction in his book that it's not a gender thing mm-hmm. and that sometimes a woman can be more masculine and a man can be more feminine. Sometimes there's neutral parties where people are just neutral. Mm-hmm. But in order to find real passion, uh, you find it there. Um, some of the other things, and in, in just to know, like when I say woman or, you know, it's just the feminine. For me, that's what applies to me, but that's not across the board, obviously. Yeah. Um, so the other things I've, I've learned is... Um, Again, you know, just leaning more into my masculine energy, but like some of the things that I uh, kind of would shy away from, like taking charge. And like he talks about how like a woman uh, really wants like the killer inside of a man. Like she wants to see that. She wants to be ravaged. Like, mm. you know, and um, it's just, it's really mind opening because these are all things that I like would not do because I thought they were like toxic, but there actually is a healthy way to go about it. Mm. Um, you know, it's not like, oh, listen to me because this is what I'm saying. Like, let's do. And it's not the opposite of, oh, whatever you say. No, there's like a, a, a healthy masculine way to be like passionate about what you believe in that conveys that you're in control and that she mm. can let go. Because he also talks about if a man or the masculine doesn't show up in his masculine, the feminine will show up has and be the masculine. To, has to be masculine. Yes. Yeah. And when that happens, she loses trust and attraction. Mm. Absolutely. Which was looking back at all my relationships, I'm like, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, why did attraction fade? It's because I was being the nice guy. I was laying down. I was letting her be the masculine role. So she lost trust and she lost attraction. Yeah. There's nothing more attractive than when a man is confident in himself yeah. and takes charge. Still aware of your energy yeah. and of your whatever it is like energy and body language so it's like in full communication and Mm -hmm. transparency and you know maybe there's like depending on the situation like if it's a sexual situation or even not a sexual situation maybe there's like a consent talk that's given like it could literally be about the restaurant yeah where like if you're like i'd really like to plan this entire day you know do you like mind sitting back and i'll like take the lead and it's like if a guy wants to do that, it's like, yes, please. Like, right. I don't want to make another decision. I've been right. making decisions all day long, yeah. you know, or if it's like, you know, wanting to be passionate and like ravaging in the bedroom, like the moment that you have that agreement that, okay, great, you're going to be in control and I'm going to be yeah. in my feminine, then you both can let go and yeah. be more just in your energy, present with each other, primal, mm-hmm. whatever it is. 
Um, because, you know, in, in most situations, women, I, well, let me, let me say for myself, I love to be in my feminine because the world really has expected us to be very masculine in order to like get ahead or be successful or whatever it is, be taken seriously, you know, um, for, for eons and eons, like the more sexuality you displayed as a woman, the less you would be taken seriously in like a business sense, which is, you know, we're still working with today. But the moment that I can let go and just be and like fully be my feminine is the most attractive thing. And that's the, you know, why I've been with Pasha for so long because we have that dance. And I'm curious for you, like, because you're dating and you said that you've noticed instantly that this attraction has happened. Like, so what is that like and how are you, you know, playing with it? How are you getting comfortable with this? Um, It's really a beautiful thing because I'm really feeling like I'm finally showing up as my authentic self. Like, I'm not wearing a mask. Like, because these are, like, opinions and things and, you know, that I've always had inside of me. I was just putting myself second mm. and, and playing small, as, as we like to say. Um, and just, like, little things like, um, you know, the girl that I'm being right now, like, I texted her the other day, I was like, hey, I'm picking you up at 740, we're going to dinner. Mm. And, like, when I picked her up and we went to dinner, like, we were, like, on the way. And she was like, by the way, that was, like, the sexiest thing. <laughs> yes Robbie like she like loved it and that's not something I would typically do Mm -hmm. I'd be I would typically be like texting like hey is it okay or like are you gonna be free it was like no it was like I knew she wanted to go to dinner with me so Mm -hmm. I was like hey I'm picking up at 740 you know yeah we're we're going to dinner and she loved that Mm -hmm. um and you know I was talking to her I was actually on the phone with her last night and I was telling her I was gonna be on this podcast and we were briefly kind of talking about like what else she was like what are you gonna talk about and so I was going over some of the stuff that we've been uh, discussing here. And she was like, yeah, when I'm with you, I feel like you are totally in control. And I know that I'm safe and I don't have to worry about anything. And I just love that about you. Mm-hmm. And that was just a beautiful thing to hear because that's the exact thing that I was reading about that I was wanting to accomplish, that I was wanting to convey is that I'm a strong, confident, capable man. And when you're with me, you don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. And I think prior to reading this book, um, I looked at doing those things as a toxic thing Mm. because I felt like it was like a way of me like controlling a woman, but it's not when it's done in the right way from a genuine place of of wanting to just like care for somebody Mm. to allow them to step back and be in their divine, you know, so that I can be in mine. Yeah. I mean, it comes with a lot of intention. Intention is like the key player here because there could be a text message that comes across and says, I'm yeah. picking you up for, <laughs> for yeah. dinner at 7.45 yeah. that doesn't feel safe, that doesn't have the sure. right intention behind it. You know, we're not talking about that, of course. No. But, you know, just to know that it comes from this place of she already knows you and has that, you know, rapport with you yeah. that that you've built with her. Yeah, not like she a first trust date. You. <laughs> no, I mean, and some, some women might find that sexy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, how is this affecting you in other areas of your life? Um, honestly, I've noticed it also in my career, um, in my career life as well, just because I feel like also there, I'm also stepping more into my masculine there. Mm. I'm kind of 
acknowledging my 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 gifts i'm leaning into my edge as as david likes to say i call him david like i'm on a first name basis mm-hmm. yeah david. <laughs> david um you know he said we should always be like kind of like leaning and teetering like on our edge to constantly be pushing ourselves mm. and i felt like i've really started to do that but also to hone in on my gifts um you know and i really i feel like i've been doing that like, really been acknowledging the things that i'm really good at and communicating that with you know Pasha and being like these are the things I need to be focusing on mm. because these are the ways that I can really contribute to the team. Yeah. Um, and it's really just been and again leaning into asking them, not being afraid, and like sitting back in fear because that's what I feel like is best. That's what I'm like oh, okay like when they're ready for me they'll tap me in. No, that's not how I really contribute here. I got to step up and be like hey guys, this is what I can do. Right. And um, I've really been feeling it. I think Pasha will tell you also. Like, I just, I just, it just seems like everything's just. Yeah. Well, you know, when you do the inner work and when you take care of the child and yeah. you give yourself the love or the parenting, you know, that you've always needed, yeah. then you can actually say, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm, this is my baseline is like lovable worthiness. Mm-hmm. And then so it's, it's so much easier to identify your own gifts and say, okay, like I'm ready to share this with the world and like to communicate it confidently. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it all like stacks on each other. Yeah, definitely. That's what I was saying earlier. Like I feel like I had to do the inner child work before I could get to mm-hmm. this work. Um, also, by the way, every man needs to read this book. I think he thinks it's going to be prerequisite. It should be like on a high school syllabus. Really? <laughs> it's, that, it's that it, good? It's, it's that good. Now, again, like there are some, I, I think there are some prerequisites to this book that you should probably have a grasp on because um, I think that it could easily be used to manipulate women also mm. uh, because it really does give a lot of insight to like the way like a woman, like, like women think or the feminine think and the way the masculine think. And so you could easily put in the wrong hands could be a tool of harm yeah but um but no and, and, a, and a man with with good intention i mean it's just it's just it's really helped me along my journey in love and life amazing amazing um what was like the most shocking thing about reading this? the most shocking thing about it would definitely have to because with- you told me that this book completely revolutionized the way that you think about relationships and approach yeah. women yeah no, okay. I really did. I like just like going up with so much, going up to them with so much more confidence. Just really, it almost just gave me the the just the just the green light to kind of just be like, you know, what? just be yourself authentically, one hundred percent. And yeah, like I would like always tell myself like, oh yeah, you know, just be yourself, be authentic, you know, blah blah blah. But after reading this book, it was like, oh, I can like authentically just be my masculine authentic self i don't have to be just like this nice guy i can like actually communicate the things that i really want the things that i'm passionate about the things that move me and drive me and those things are going to be attractive to a woman Mm. they're not going to make her fearful just because i come across as as dominant in some way that's okay if it's done in a healthy way there are definitely easy ways to be toxically Mm -hmm. dominating but it's really just gave me it made it okay for me to just embrace my masculinity, which is something I felt like I never did because I didn't really have a healthy example of it. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. Um, okay, I want to ask because I'm curious, frankly, and also the show, Openly, is all about open relationships. Yes. And, you know, you've, you're not in an open relationship. No. You haven't been in open relationships. There's once. Okay. 
<laughs> there I, was once there was there was a girl I won't mention her by by name. Um, you want to tell you the story in the background? Kind right? of. Okay. I was gonna say like you know working for very poly people. Yeah. I don't know if it's changed your views or what, but yeah, take us down this memory lane. Um. So yeah, no, I met this girl. We were out one night. Um. We really hit it off. We were dating for about a month, and um, I kind of noticed like some funny. Like behavior and so she's like okay I need to tell you something and I'm like what's up and she's like so I'm dating somebody else and so initially I thought that like oh you started dating somebody after we started dating you know we really weren't that involved she's like no like I was dating him before you mm. we've been dating for a while but we're in an open relationship I really like you both mm-hmm. and this was completely new to me how long ago was this four or five years ago oh okay a while ago um and uh she was like you know I really want continue to see you and I was like okay like let me think about it and I thought about it I was like, you know I really like her like sure let's give it a shot yeah and uh I really did give give it a shot um I didn't know enough about it I don't think I had done all the work that I needed to do before mm-hmm. I could do that and uh, additionally she continued to still lie um. about like where she was and who she was with and mm. like the things that she was doing and so like it just wasn't yeah, not a so good fit. Definitely put a bad taste in my mouth about yeah. it. But since being here and being exposed to, I guess, the the potential of it, uh, it is something that um, um, is intriguing and eye-opening. I, I don't know if, if it's for me. I think, you know, you've asked me um, before if it's something mm-hmm. that I want. And I, my response to you was just, like, I just want to be happy. I don't know what that looks like exactly. Yeah. But I just want to be happy. Hmm. You started with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like how we opened this yeah. episode. So yeah. You're I just, I just want to be happy. I mean, that's, uh, that's all it's about, right? Like, we don't know what that looks like exactly. Mm. Um, we figure it out. Well, I love the fact that you're leading with that because so many people lead with, this is what I need a relationship to look like in order to be happy, or this is what I need to happen, or this is how my partner has to show up in order for me to be happy. And it sounds like with a lot of the work that you've done and with this book, it's all about creating happiness yeah. for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then if someone comes along to compliment that, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's what he calls it. He calls it your complimentary opposite oh. is what the partner is supposed to be looking for. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So how do you think you'll go about re-entering the phase of... <laughs> of non-casual what would what would you call that like uh, he calls serious it, um long-term committed is what he calls okay it. is that what you're planning on moving to or do you think you'll like continue to enjoy this long-term um i don't know the really, short term sorry short-term casual. short-term casual yeah long-term committed of the two um i don't know i'm, I'm taking it one day uh, at a time i think that's that's where i used to get into a lot of trouble is i was planning too far ahead mm. Um, instead of uh, just filling into it and going in with less expectations mm-hmm. and seeing where it goes. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the um, the girl that I'm dating right now, she's not a girl that I would typically date, but I'm enjoying her so much. We're, we have so much fun together. Um, I don't get triggered by anything, you know, when I'm with her, uh, which is great. Um, she's a wonderful person. And yeah, she's not a girl that I typically would have dated in the past. But because I'm going against all the rules, I'm dating her right now. Yeah. And it seems to be going really well. Break all the rules. Break all the rules. Okay. Amazing. 
Well, thanks for giving us a little blip of yeah. the way of the superior man. Yes. Um, and your endorsement that all men everywhere should read it. Truly, truly, truly. Um, do you have any questions for me? Questions for you. Um, yes, I do have a question that I could ask you, actually. Um, one of the topics that uh, David covers in uh, the book is he, he talks about conflict when you're in a relationship and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, book. Mm-hmm. and uh, he basically says to not trust the content of a woman's position if you will when she's upset basically don't trust the content the content of, of a woman's she, position when she's upset basically whatever she's saying she's upset about yeah. is not actually what she said about oh that oh. really all she's in that moment all that's happening is she's feeling unloved okay so it's like essentially what he's saying is, if you get in an argument with your spouse because she's like, your clothes are all over the floor, like you throw your underwear just to the right of the laundry basket, it doesn't even make it in, and I'm like the one who does the clothes, and it's really frustrating and annoying, and like, how could you be so inconsiderate? It's not about the clothes. It's about the fact that like, in the energy, like you're not seeing her like the effort and the work that goes into like the laundry and how much easier it would be for her and more respectful of a situation if your underwear made it into the basket like it's Mm -hmm. that that sort of thing that he's talking about that sort of thing and And your question is what yeah what's no he has a solution but i want to hear what you say first he has a solution he has he has how you should approach the situation you should put your fucking underwear <laughs> in a laundry basket. That's how to approach it. <laughs> no, but um, but it is true. In, in yes, absolutely, because we can look at everything in like many levels, right? Many dimensions. Like on this dimension, yes, it is. It her experience is like that of disrespect or not being seen or not being appreciated, you know. And his is like feels like simple mistake. It's probably a pattern that he's in or whatever, you know? And what happens is those two people are speaking a different language. And yeah, like the person who feels like they're not being seen just wants to be seen and loved and taken care of. Um, What should the approach be? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a great question. I think, I mean, I think for all people, just slowing down to really like rise above that situation and that reality to pull yourself out and kind of step to a bit of a higher vibration and say, okay, like how am I showing up? Both parties can take responsibility because also like as frustrating as it is, it's a choice to get mad about underwear, right? Like next to the basket it is you could actually just look at it and be like like okay cool first-hand experience you're referring to (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kind of picking through i think a very common problem with like households in general but i'm curious what's his yeah so um he has a very like low level thing he talks about like oh i told you to get milk today and you didn't get it Mm -hmm. um but he basically says that you should basically kind of like take her like lovingly and like a like you make it like humor out of it like grab her and be like i'll take care of that when i'm you know don't worry i'll take care of that and like open her up and like yeah go belly to belly and like kiss her and love her and like be like you know show her that you care about her yeah because that's not because basically like, like i was saying it's not really about the underwear it's not it's about you not recognizing all the effort that i do mm-hmm. you know do all your laundry put it all away you know whatever it may be 
Um, and so, yeah, he, he says, you know, you got to give that passion and that like unwavering, like just love and like connection with her in that yeah. moment to really connect with her again. I think that's an incredible solution. Actually, the, the thing is when we get into conflict, it's okay. So when a conflict is happening, parties get activated. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're just using this very... <laughs> very gender normative situation yeah. of a woman who's washing clothes and you know a man who's like not throwing his underwear in the basket right and when you're frustrated you get taken out of like a very aligned calm state and you get into an activated state where you are not your best self right mm-hmm. and when we're speaking from that place we're not speaking like in an open-hearted way yeah. in a clear way we're speaking from hurt we're speaking from all the times it's happened before and then the more you spiral you're speaking from all the other times that you felt disrespected and unloved and unseen Mm -hmm. so now yeah so now it's like it's the 15 year old or the 10 year old Mm -hmm. trauma that's coming to the party and like they're having the conversation it's not like the woman who is you know in the present moment and i think the fastest way to regain connection and to bring someone back into a hard open space to have a real conversation is to like show affection or be intimate. Like you said, go belly to belly. Like yeah. I love that solution because it brings both people to be like speaking the same language, to be vulnerable with one another. You know, there definitely should be an apology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, no, I mean, he, he does talk about that. It's important to acknowledge, always acknowledge you're a woman, but never try to analyze her or fix her or diagnose her. No. We don't want solutions. Yeah, no, no. That's not what you want. You want to be acknowledged and then loved. Yes. We we go to our our female identifying friends for solutions. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly um, what unless we ask for a solution. That's exactly you know? what I'm telling you. This handbook. This, it, this handbook. This handbook for all men, I'm telling you. The way of the superior man. It is the handbook, the handbook. ladies and gents. No, I, I it is a it is an amazing book. I love his work. Um and I think that yeah, we can have many more conversations about this. But I'm so glad. Oh yeah easily have more conversations we didn't even even get into the stuff about holding (laughs) ejaculating and like all kinds of things that he talks about in this book okay hold on (laughs) this needs to be a bonus episode semen retention yes okay yes hold hold the phone we are going to do a bonus episode about semen retention okay but in the meantime thank you so much for tuning in this week thank you so much for coming on the show finally happy two-year anniversary this is a great way to celebrate it really is actually is this you know wasn't as bad as i thought it would be not at all it was actually great i actually had a really good time yeah i mean i'm the host of course uh, obviously (laughs) but no i mean everyone should know that you are really like the main man behind the big push to launch this podcast you were instrumental in our launch party instrumental in us choosing you know soulfire as our original production company to like get it all off the ground and your confidence in me means so much so thank you well i'm just i think i refer to you as my rock i'm just reciprocating all the love and uh, everything you give to me so thanks robbie love you love you Thank you.